0: All right, Howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga, including through the end of Lightbringer.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, and on YouTube. Subscribe. See Ben's face. (laughs) <laughs> and his cool wrestling shirts. <laughs> like and share. What are you supposed to say?
0: Like, comment, subscribe, I believe. Hell
1: yeah, brother. Email us, <laughs> howlerpod at gmail.com and rate and review us, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we won't return your best friend's head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now,
2: howlerpod. I- oh You know what I told myself out there? Each time my mistakes compounded, I'd say, Darrow, next time you listen to Virginia, you jackass. If you get so lucky as to see her again, you listen to her as you should have all along.
0: Hello, Howlers. Welcome to HowlerPod, your podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Lo,
1: lo, 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 howlers! Pium, <laughs> pium, <pew>, <laughs>
0: Aaron, what are we doing today?
1: Chapters thirty-two to thirty-six of Lightbringer. No
0: special guest today. Just OG Howler I'm Pod. I'm the special guest. You're the special guest. All right, let's load up this star show and shoot straight into our chapter summaries.
1: Hopefully, we don't shit all suits. Okay, chapter thirty-two, Virginia Pale, which reminds me of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Pale, mm. Pale. Keira Knightley, mm-hmm. great. Lysander and Virginia meet face-to-face. They fall back on tradition, exchanging some light insults back and forth. Lysander says that Virginia has been outmaneuvered. She reminds him that winning one battle does not make him a lord of war. Virginia says that he has her by the balls, but she is a woman, and she will leave the Rat Legion to pester him in the tunnels. Death by a thousand tiny cuts. (laughs) They agree that Atalantia is a problem that they share. Lysander tells Virginia that he's not Octavia, same as she's not Nero, and that he has a solution for them both. He guarantees safe passage to Mars in return for her not sabotaging the moon while they leave. This way, the Republic lives to fight another day. Virginia wants more than a vague notion of his intent against Atalantia, Lysander says that he intends to dethrone her from the dictatorship and then challenge her in the bleeding place and kill her. He tells Virginia that she killed his parents, so he has cause for blood. They uh, then exchange a telemanus for a votum. Lysander also requests Ajax's head back. Virginia then meets with her commanders, and they're upset at the deal that she struck with Lysander, all but holiday. Because Holiday is not a traitor.
0: She's our budding Politico.
1: Yes. Holiday is on board that this way, Atalantia and Lysander and the rest of the society will tear each other apart while they regroup on Mars. Kavix then enters in a wheelchair and Victra almost sheds a tear.
0: <laughs> I said I wouldn't cry. All right. Chapter 33, Lysander, Master of the Spoils. As the transfer of Phobos is completed, Lysander holds his battle honors ceremony. He honors the surviving victors with Valera and speeches and tears for the fallen. As part of the ceremony, he gives Pytha the civic crown, the highest decoration a general can give. More speeches, more honors. We are the shepherds. Blah, blah, blah. You get it. At the after party, Lysander is pretty pleased with himself, but his work is not done. Now, he is going to convince everybody to drop a surprise iron rain on Mars in three days' time. He starts with Julia And gets her buy-in by offering her the governorship of mars next up it's the moonies after and after he reiterates his bona fides he's a reformer he's serious about repairing the relationship with the moonies dido says i'm in lysander goes to find diomedes and tell him the good news he finds him in the garden and they look at flowers together (laughs) and just as lysander is getting to the good part about how him and diomedes are going to be falling in an iron rain together on mars Lysander starts bleeding out of his eye. Uh Uh-oh. He's been poisoned. I know. Lysander collapses in pain and passes out, as help is called.
1: I'm going to interject here. I forgot that he was poisoned Mm. at this part. So I was like, do they fall in an iron rain? (laughs) I forgot (laughs) about it. And then the minute he starts bleeding, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I know who did it. Chapter 34, Virginia. Remember Earth. Virginia is nervous. She answers a call from the Archimedes while still in the queue down to Mars. We get a low Mustang, low Reaper, not low husband, low wife,
2: Uh, but close.
1: Darrow and Mustang exchange coded information to confirm it's really them and not an imitation program. They both pass. Virginia and Darrow then update each other on who's alive on both sides. Virginia tells Darrow that they just completed a full evacuation after surrendering the moon to Loon, and he doesn't seem very happy about that. (laughs) Uh, She's also nervous about him coming home. They will catch the Archimedes if he tries to approach. She explains that she can't come out and get them with the fleet because they have to ground their ships. Also... She doesn't need this version of Darrow. She needs warlord Darrow with a full armada or like some plan. (laughs) She tells him that he can't come home. He's very sad. He didn't come all this way just to sail past Mars. Virginia says she needs him out there working on building strength while she keeps Mars holding strong. Darrow regrets leaving in the first place, and he says that he will listen to his sovereign's orders this time.
0: Good call, Darrow. Chapter 35, Darrow, Winds of Duty. A hologram of Mustang floats in the lounge of the Archimedes as Darrow, Severo, and Cassius watch. Quickly, they learn the bad news. They aren't going to Mars. Mustang gives them the 411 on the current situation around Mars and their new mission. They're going to find Quicksilver. Severo, he's not happy, and he asks to see Victra and his new baby. (laughs) Tough. Mustang tells him that they are on planet already, which is true.
1: Not, not, not a baby. (laughs) It's buried on Mars. Victor's on planet. Oh,
0: she's on planet. Well, the baby's also there. Just not alive. (laughs) He stalks off after some bitter commentary about his time with Adrius. Yeah. Uh, Cassius gets up to leave as well, but Mustang stops him and offers him a battlefield promotion. Morning night of the Republic. Congratulations Cassius says it would be his honor Darrow and Mustang's time together is running out she quickly tells him about Lyria and he tells her about the daughters of Ares she advises against going out to Ilium she's afraid of what they might do to him she promises to hold Mars as long as she can and uh, Darrow starts to tell her a message for Pax but the transmission is cut before he can finish The vibes are not good on the ship afterwards sad. everybody's sad they're now farther away from mars than they were when the day started Ore is playing a sad song on our lyre. cassius and darrow are just letting the music take them away everyone's crying drinking some wine they cheers to the republic and their new mission as they head off to bed and then darrow's in his bunk he's staring at the words of house loon that were carved in there by lysander Ew. luke's at tenebris out of darkness light darrow reflects he's feeling purpose and hope like he hasn't in some time and he's going to hold on to it god damn it
1: <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> chapter 36 lysander jurisdiction pytha wakes lysander up he awakens into pain the praetorians enter in force kyber threatens cicero step back from the blood <laughs> <laughs> that's my best tgr impression Roan enters, and he's pissed. He ordered them to not wake him up. Lysander then stirs. The group catches him up on what he's missed. He's been out for eight days. They caught Atalantia's, quote, assassin, the pink acrobat, allegedly. Mm. The rain also did not fall, and the rim are abandoning the siege. Diomedes has been asking for Lysander. Lysander says, show him in. Roan objects, but then lets Diomedes in. Fa saw his chance and exploited it. His goal seems to be war with the Rim now. Diomedes is sorry to leave, but his armadas are closer than the Shadow Armada, and they must protect their home system. Diomedes asks Lysander to come with him and prove to everyone that this alliance is more than just convenience. He offers to give Lysander the shield of Akari. Ooh. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Lysander explains to his allies that he plans to go with Diomedes he will leave Apple and Julia to run Phobos in his absence Julia says okay don't die because she's looking at Apple like this motherfucker's crazy (laughs) Lysander then heads off to join Diomedes Roan makes a big show of telling Lysander that he shouldn't go to the rim Roan's really like said more words in these last few chapters than ever before
0: he's really feeling himself
1: (laughs) yeah it's like he's up to something (laughs) they meet up with diomedes and dido who tell them that helios has taken imperium of both fleets helios this is helios right
0: this is the real helios yeah
1: no this is helios
0: no i think it's real helios
1: when is it not the real helios
0: when he, he goes off on a mission and then he comes back. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I was singing this whole time it wasn't. Helios. No. All right, all right, all right, all right. You're too where- suspicious. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> where was I? Helios tells Lysander that he can only bring 10 of his Praetorians onto the Dustmaker and the rest can follow on the Lightbringer. Lysander looks for Kyber, but she was apparently shot by a sniper, even though he just saw her. And is recovering in the med bay, so can't join them. She's going
0: to get the next ship. Yeah. Cool. Good chapters. That's the end of part two. Yes. We're halfway.
1: And Ben, what's the theme for these chapters?
0: The theme for this week's chapters is trust.
1: Or lack thereof.
0: Or lack thereof. Lots of characters having to trust each other this week.
1: Yes. Even enemies.
0: Yes.
2: Let's start with a quote from Mustang. But in the end, it all comes down to trust. Trust that neither of us wants to die, and trust that we both have more to gain from an adversary with some modicum of social comportment.
0: This is uh, Mustang obviously talking about her meeting with Lysander. What'd What'd you get out of that meeting? What'd you think?
1: I liked that we saw Mustang with Lysander. First of all, I guess I always saw Lysander as like a little boy still. So like her describing that, like he's a head and a half taller than her and his hands are bigger than hers. And I'm like, oh, he's not like a little bitch Mm -hmm. the way he acts.
0: It does seem like he still has a little boy crush on Mustang though, doesn't it? Oh, you think? I feel like so. I don't know. I feel like his left over.
1: They're both kind of being rude to each other though.
0: Yeah. It's like a little bit of like nagging back and forth. Sure. I didn't
1: see it as flirtatious. I saw it as like.
0: No, not flirtatious. Oh Yeah. But I just think he he thinks of her very fondly. Sure. And to me, that reads schoolboy crush. She is like being Mustang, obviously, and just like being smart and witty and stuff. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed the back and forth between the two of them, especially like them using each other to find information and then like find a common ground. And ultimately, they do have to trust that, you know, that this person will let them retreat and
1: yeah and like not in the, in the quote they the only way they're meeting is that they are trusting that neither of them wants to die neither
0: like, of them wants to die and both also that they don't want like hundreds of thousands of more people sure. to get killed yeah <laughs> to have to die you know they're, to they're
1: both more political than warlord mm-hmm
0: Yes. Yeah. I think to a degree, I think Lysander is willing to do whatever and he would sacrifice all those people, but he just like, he's like, that would be tough and bad for my reputation. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's not really what I want to do. He, he sees it more as a math problem. And I think Mustang sees it more as like, yeah, I don't want to have to kill saving lives. All these. Yeah. I think
1: too that Lysander thinks that the tunnel fighting and all that would wear them thin and they this is obviously a better solution right
0: and it just leaves him vulnerable to atalantia showing up at yeah, any time while they're dealing yeah. with
1: yep. the legions rat legion but yeah so they they have to trust that when they turn around that they're both going to do what they said yep and i think it's interesting later when cassius says that bring that up lysander too. wants to follow his word but he But he he won't. He doesn't always.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. And that will come into play, I think, a lot down the road here. Like, Um,
1: he wants to be a good person, but he's just not. (laughs) He just doesn't keep his word if it's not convenient for him. I
0: thought that, yeah, exactly. I think that's the important part is if it's not convenient for him because he's ultimately always playing this game. And I'll talk about this in the Prime 5 because it was one of the things I was thinking about, but just how much Lysander's... He's just very calculated, always. Mm -hmm. And everything is... Whether it adds up and is benefiting his path. And to me, that's what makes him unlikable. And so I think we'll talk about that later as well. I Um, love talking
1: about why he's unlikable.
0: (laughs) Okay, we have another quote from Mustang here because Darrow, he has to learn to trust his sovereign. Yes. Trust his wife.
2: And she knows what's best. Darrow, my love, if you've ever trusted me, trust me now. The enemy wants you to return. They want all of us in one place so they can exterminate us. If you come here, all you can do is wait for them to attack. If you are out there, you can work on the
0: problem. So here, we've got Mustang really laying out like why Darrow cannot come back to Mars and he has to trust that this is the right decision. I think she does a really great job of like laying this out and like, it's really a bad idea for you to come back here right now.
1: Yeah. Then, yeah, they're all trapped there and Mm -hmm. no one can get out. That sounds like a swift way to die. There's
0: really nothing you can do here to help that situation. Like we're fucked. So all we can do is just hold the planet and we can do that without you. The way that we're going to get out of this problem is for you to be on the outside marshalling forces, doing whatever. To bring something back to help us break out of this,
1: yeah. I also think it's interesting in this combo together. Mustang points out that he should not go to yeah. the rim, yeah, because they hold a grudge and yeah, he blew them all up, yeah. And he's like, "It's fine." <laughs>
0: they don't even want to meet with they, me.
1: Yeah, we've got several, <laughs> several solutions, which banana. ultimately
0: does work, but uh yeah it is Didn't i did, he promise though to like I did, serve his time i did feel like that was interesting where he listens to her in one way but in another he doesn't i guess one that's down the road further he's listening to her and that his only option once they meet with quicksilver is to go further out into alien right. because yeah. it, they don't have anything else so it's yeah six of one half dozen of the other oh yeah I think is the uh saying there you're
1: so old <laughs> <laughs>
0: Somebody said that to me the other day, so that's why I had to use it. Oh, sure. All right, let's 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 go on to Daryl. We've got a quote from him, and this is him talking about how and why he is going to trust Mustang.
1: It's the fucking path.
0: And I feel like- You need to
1: read this book.
0: We are really on record since, like, Iron Gold podcast, like, there's a lot of- audio clips of us out there being like darrow should listen to mustang obviously we're on record with that one yes so we before this book came out yes way before this book came out. so i just want to say
1: that we were right darrow we were right (laughs) darrow should listen to
2: us (laughs) we've been saying listen to mustang for a lot of years the words of my enemy hang over my head and i feel purpose in a way i haven't felt in some time I have done what I promised myself I would do in the prison that was March of 1632. I listened to Virginia. Now, the rest is up to me.
0: <laughs> he finally listened to someone. Good job.
1: All it took was almost dying a million times, <laughs> yeah. losing your whole army, <laughs> getting radiation poisoning, being stuck on a trash moon. On
0: a trash moon, yeah.
1: And then finding the path.
0: And then finding the path. That's yeah. all it took? Uh, yes, I love this moment where he's just like finally realizing this and then also that he has a purpose again and he now has this like focus or like what he's going to do. Like his path is clear at this point before it was like, gotta get back to Mars and then we'll figure it out. Now they know they can't go back to Mars, but there's clearly something they can do to help the effort and the, and the war at this point. And that is to find a new fighting force a new armada to to help them out and so i think now that he's got this purpose i love kind of the way that part two ends with him and this quote where he's like now it's up to me i can do this it's like this feels like darrow again to me like we're getting out of like the sad boy dark vibes darrow well now now he
1: has a a purpose too virginia gave him something to do
0: yes like redirected him so i love that aspect of it and then our last quote under our theme of trust is diomedes appealing to lysander because Mm. at this point this is when we find out that ilium has been attacked by the terrible horrible no good volsung fa
1: not a a fraud at all he's very (laughs) scary
0: and they're like we're out we got to go we gotta go protect Demeter's garter. Yes, because well,
1: apparently it c- never falls. <laughs> Rokal Fabia couldn't even <laughs> penetrate. So how could an obsidian?
0: <laughs> uh, they've got to get out there, and he's appealing to Lysander now. He's like, dude, you've been, you've said it, you've done everything you said you would do. Yeah, but I need you to do this one thing. Like, let's really prove it. We are gonna bring. The core and the rim together for good. We're the new yeah. fucking... Like
1: when the rim needs the core, they also yes. come help.
0: We're Selenius and Akari reborn. This is That's us. And I'll give you the shield of Akari, bro.
2: You did what you said you would do. I worry. I know Atlantia is not that sort of leader. I fear her. If we leave, the alliance will break. But we must leave, so you must come with us. Prove to Helios, to all, this alliance is more than just convenience. Prove it is the future. We do not live in the shadow of Raya. We make our own light. Wow. Excellent work there, Nick.
1: Yes. Beautifully done.
0: (laughs) So this is Diomedes like basically asking Lysander to come along to trust him and trust that he can change the minds of all of the isolationists out in Ilium with this one move. If he makes this gesture and Lysander joins them, then they can actually do something to make a difference. Because there's isolationists on both sides, right? There's like Mm -hmm. the hardcore Ilium isolationists like Helios. And then there's also the core people who are just like these fucking moonies. How about these guys? They're fucking crazy. Yeah. You know? Hardcore. (laughs) Yeah, Like we will never meet up with them and they're like they're our past enemy they see them as enemies because they've been warring for 60 years basically yeah, so since
1: they blew up Rhea, right yeah or even before
0: yes since the first moon lord rebellion yeah. so
1: i would rebel too Jeez, right so far away
0: so they're building this new bond of trust between lysander and diomedes and it's a a, uh, an, a good ideal i mean but... yeah
1: it's interesting to see diomedes here before he realizes Lysander is a shithead where he like really thinks he can trust him and he can to a point. I mean, Lysander saves his life at the cost of his own Mm -hmm. pretty soon here, but then he, he doesn't think Lysander will go back on his word, which is where he's a little too hopeful.
0: Right. Yeah. There is like merit to this whole thing, but ultimately it's unfounded.
1: And then that, I think that's what, Drives Diomedes into the arms of Darrow.
0: hmm hmm And we'll take him.
1: Yes. We
0: We've got open arms.
1: <laughs> we love you, Diomedes.
0: <laughs> All right, that's our theme today. Trust. Trust. Trusting each other, guys.
1: There was like a full is it in sync or Baxter Boys? Oh my God. Don't come don't at me. <laughs> but in Virginia's chapter, she says, quote. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do, which is is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, to look you in the eye. Yeah?
0: Uh, not ringing a bell for me. tell
1: you I don't love yeah, I mean, kind
0: of. Yeah.
1: There is no turning back. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Aaron. <laughs> Fuck. Is that in sync? I don't know. I was an in sync girly, but obviously I'm a millennial.
0: (laughs) All right, let's get on to our next segment. How was Cassius hilarious today? Yay, finally! I know. He was back just slightly. Was he funny? I don't think he was like hilarious today, but he was. There was a fun little like made me smile moment when they're cheersing the wine, and then he's like, or while he's pouring the wine, and he's already been drinking a lot, obviously. And then. Darrow's like kind of like raises his eyebrows and he's like okay I'll just have a little bit and he <laughs> takes more <some> smaller glass. <laughs> yes so I thought that was cute
1: he gives himself the smallest portion yes
0: smallest portion yeah, yeah
1: he didn't get more yes I'm sure he drank more once no one was like
0: but I mean part three we're about to be into prime house Cassius hilarious
1: oh yeah I'm I'm excited for you
0: oh uh, me too
1: Okay, now let's go into our prime five.
0: Five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters.
1: Okay, we have more Praetorian shadiness. And it got real shady. <laughs> Kyber getting snipered is crazy. But also, Roan is... just
0: acting a fool.
1: He's running around, like, running his mouth, talking out of turn. <laughs> yeah. That's why I thought so he's already bought
0: so i went at, i went and checked this and so
1: oh in the future yes just Does so we make say? sure and
0: have it right yes because they have a com him and lysander have a conversation about it oh, and okay. so what happens is atlas approaches roan after the battle of phobos
1: so now ron's bought off
0: he is now
1: and is that why he's working with talking atlas. a lot more
0: yes Yes.
1: So clearly Atlas does not want Lysander to go to the rim. No, definitely not. Roan's doing everything in his power. To keep him there. He's poisoning him. he's trying to keep him asleep. Mm -hmm. He's like pleading with him not to get on the ship.
0: And just because Roan just started working with Atlas now doesn't mean like there wasn't shadiness before. Like you've got to think about if someone's going to be mutinous, like there's things that lead up to that like making that decision it's not like he would be all in on lysander and then just all of a sudden be like well i'm going to betray him like there's a pattern of behavior that leads up to a seminal moment and then he's approached by atlas and and then he joins up with atlas at that point was
1: it julia that sent lysander the praetorians on mercury Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. i wonder if that if she was pulling it i mean they
0: take their job very seriously protecting the blood and whatnot but really what Roan comes down to is like he has this very special group within the praetorians that was his kennel 13 that he grew up, yes that he grew up with and so there was like a hundred of his kennel that made the praetorian guard which never happens and so they're like all his brothers and sisters basically and so a bunch of them died in the first battle with the moonies with darrow and then more of them died protecting Luna when Darrow attacked Luna. And so then like all of the, and they and he basically blames the moon Lords for their deaths.
1: So very anti-moony.
0: Yes. Very anti-moony is where this is all coming from. And so the real, the only people that are left of his kennel that are like his like blood brothers and sisters are Marcus that Marcus. Still, yeah. That group. So
1: what, but Kyber's like an outsider
0: kyber is yeah not part of his in inner but circle still 13 but still part of yeah yeah the praetorian guard and yeah legia 13. yeah so okay so yes he's like this very specific like inner circle that he considers like family he's pissed about them getting killed by by mooney by mooney so
1: then he doesn't like that lysander's so mushy with mooney yes
0: and so that's really what's driving all of his Behavior here is like he is pissed about that. It's a payback for his friends that died, and he does not want any kind of alliance with the Moonies. Like, he just doesn't see that as he sees them as traitors.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he tries to poison Lysander to get him to stay. Then he doesn't wake him up. Then Lysander sees kyber one second and then the next second she's gone yep and he's like oh there was a sniper and then lysander even is like snipers yeah like virginia wouldn't leave snipers basically but
0: he's like in that foggy pain state so he doesn't really do this the whole lysander it does later on i think he does comment about it being weird yeah um yeah but there's definitely like multiple times where ron just like straight up is like Dude, you, you cannot go. You yeah. shouldn't go. Yeah. yeah. Like he's and then just really. Alexander finally him. is yeah. like, Do
1: I need to leave you here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're acting a fool. <laughs>
0: All right, what's next on our prime five list? You should probably take it. Cassius. Morning knight of the republic.
1: He's been knighted now three times? Twice.
0: Twice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's twice. Yeah.
1: He's the knight of your heart.
0: Ooh. I mean, this was it was a pretty cool moment. I mean, and just no, like
1: Mustang knows how to keep people on her side.
0: Yes, I think that's a great call. It's just like a really good move, like by Mustang. Not only does it like bring him into the fold with the Republic, but it just binds him even closer to Darrow, protecting Darrow, all yeah. that like, <laughs> that type of thing. So uh, that was just a really cool, quick moment.
1: Do you think that? Being knighted, morning night contributed to his death at all
0: uh no Him
1: saying i must
0: i think that's just cassius okay. yeah that's who he is on the inside
1: a knight yeah he's just, just a knight. an honorable knight are you sad i'll ask you later
0: <laughs> it was cool to see them all four together though again even yes. though it was on a hologram yes uh so that was pretty great even Only though severo's Victor being a been... fucking bitch
1: well of course he is <laughs> He thinks he has a new baby. And he does not.
0: <laughs> he also, at this point, tells Mustang that Abominadrius sends his regards. Yes. And her reaction is, I think, I feel like telling. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Right. For him being the yeah. the spy or
0: yeah. the source. Yeah.
1: What's next?
0: Do you want to talk about Darrow and Mustang flirting with each other a little bit? Of
1: course. We get a... <laughs> low reaper low mustang back to the institute we get a little
0: sex talk
1: we get some flirting applause <laughs>
0: it's about the closest thing we'll get to a sex yeah. scene in the red rising
1: Yes. <laughs> we get mustang like feeling nervous and then looking at darrow like she's the only man she's ever seen before i thought that was great he's so hot yeah he's so hot <laughs> <laughs> and then like Mustang, not just flirtation, but just like the depth of love. Yeah, they like she shares how she's always pining and waiting for a word of him, and he shares the message like to pax and that was incredibly m- sweet. moving. Yeah,
0: their yeah. their feelings for each their other, their goals, hashtag yeah, goals, is is incredible, and it just like stirs up inside you. Like I love, like I think. Pierce said like it stirred up the silt of love or something like that was like the language that he used or Uh something like that. Like, and just thinking about that imagery where it's like, like a plain unremarkable ocean bottom, but then it's like, stir it up. As soon as you see that person that just, I don't know, that imagery like works really well with how love feels, I guess it does, which is really cool. So
1: can't wait till they are back together yeah
0: for sure that's gonna be just and how long emotional
1: since that so she saw him kill wolfgar basically and then hasn't seen him since
0: that's the last time they've seen each other in person yeah
1: or on it in a video chat
0: well he got like the hologram of her in dark age endure and then he watched like the video of her but with or the, the day, day her, red that devs is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> okay <not> good <laughs> no but like yeah this is the closest we've been to an actual... To talking. Yeah, interaction. Yeah. yeah. So that was great. That was just... <sighs> warmed my heart. That's great. Um, I wanted to talk about just how delusional Lysander is okay. sometimes. And just like, this to me is what makes him unlikable. Like... Just this. No, I just like... <laughs> like, I can get why people like... Lysander's extremely competent, right? He's just... He's good at everything... He always has a plan. He's always, like, figuring stuff out. He's very smart. So, like, that stuff in any other character is very appealing. So, I can see, like, that aspect of him being appealing. But there's always this little extra twist with him where he knows what he's doing. He always, like, knows exactly what he's doing and how he's actually manipulating people Mm -hmm. to achieve whatever goal he wants to be. He's always, like, very aware of that. And it's on page. And, like, in his head. And so that always makes me feel like, oh, you little fucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Just like, shut up. Like, you're so smug and happy with yourself all the time. Like, right. that aspect of him, I think, is like why I <laughs> just like the hate wells up for him. And there's like a couple moments where he's like, where he talks about how he doesn't take honors and
1: he. He turns to face them. And then he's like. And hey, they like it.
0: They like that. Yeah, and he's like thinking that to himself, and it's just like those little moments yeah. like that, and the way his tone and like feeling comes off in those when he says stuff like that. He's
1: kind of like a psychopath.
0: Yes, where it's just like this dude is it's manipulating everyone. Yes, it's so calculating and manipulative. And then like he gets mad at like Pytho when he's like clearly like propagandizing to like these Reds and like like lifting them up and saying like. They're in the new sons, you know, like whatever of the, of the society. And she's kind of like not feeling great about it.
1: Well, cause the guy's like burned half to death with no yes. lips. And yeah. she's like, this is getting weird. This is gross. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and he's like thinking to himself, can she not see what I'm doing yeah. here? Like she will.
1: Well, and they have and, a weird relationship. Yeah. Can, did you point that out? Yeah. On your prime five? Do you remember like he she wakes him up and then he talks about how like he loves python yeah it's like you do
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I could see that just because like they spent so much time together yeah but it's weird how yeah
1: but like she's a blue and he's a space racist
0: but it clearly when he knows a person like it's different when you know the person right it's like anybody that's yeah. racist or something as soon as they like actually get to know whoever it is they hate they probably don't hate them anymore a lot of the time like
1: yeah but he loves get... pytha
0: yeah i mean i could see it i mean he spent a lot I of time also, with her like, and he was a boy so
1: just the boy yeah this whole time this whole book i'm disappointed in pytha yeah
0: until the end yeah. like
1: she's like fully on board yeah, with she all be the
0: shit that, yeah and she's not i feel like she's not quite on board with it she's doing but she, 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 is. she it, gets she's the very
1: tattoo she she's like she's the complicit captain. in a lot of
0: it but I, I do feel like she sees like the grossness of a lot of it too
1: but does she because she's still participating
0: she clearly does in this moment she like yeah. doesn't like this aspect of what's going on where it's like sure. it feels like fake But she's
1: also and... like okay reconquering <laughs> the moon and killing a bunch of that's
0: people. true Uh, My question for you, do you think his tears at the honors, were they real or was this just Lysander acting? No,
1: I think they're real to him. I think he he thinks (laughs) that this is all great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't think they're acting.
0: I feel like he, it's like a mind's eye thing where he can like convince himself of the the real feeling. I know, but it's like a similar... Where he's like an actor. He's a method actor where you can like really pull these feelings up.
1: I, I just I feel like right he's time. so delusional that.
0: He's actually crying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I think. I got gotcha. you.
1: He's like, oh my God, I'm saving all these people. I'm yeah. the savior.
0: Yeah. I could see that. You know? That is a good point.
1: Yeah. So next and up.
0: And then I, yeah, our last item was just, I feel like we got a red God preview. A little bit. A little bit here. What mm-hmm. was it? So we got a little information information about like what Darrow and Lysander could be doing, I think at the start of Red God. Okay. So let's hear it. Lysander, he wants to show that he's an investment that's paid off. And by the end of the book that he has done that, like very, very much so. And then he says to Mustang, like he's going to call a referendum. And once he has the like support within the 200 and uh, take away to take away atalantia's dictatorial powers mm-hmm. and then once her immunity has gone he's going to call her to the bleeding place and kill her so i'm wondering is like could red god open in that duel on that situation with him like calling do you think
1: that he on actually this referendum? meant referendum? that
0: i do, do you? i do think he wants to kill atalantia like he seems very pissed about her killing his parents yeah yeah
1: do we think Adelantia is as good a fighter as her sisters?
0: Uh, I mean, I bet she's pretty good. Yeah. Do you think
1: she wears the snake while fighting?
0: <laughs> I just think it could open with like Lysander calling her that referendum, like having that vote. That c- I could see that kind of being like the opening to Lysander's chapters, and then very quickly we're getting like a Lysander Adelantia duel yeah. going on. Okay. Uh, because I, I'm not sure. Is Are you we going gonna... to bet money? <laughs> sure. We can bet five bucks.
1: Great. If okay. that doesn't happen, I get $5. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and so he's obviously like another thing that he did is he asked for oracles for Mustang. So, like, yeah, that's a right. Chekhov's gun that's sitting there and is going to be used at some point. Like, okay. we know he has oracles now. So, there's going to be a conversation between. Atalantia and Lysander with oracles on their arms, I feel like. Sure. So, thinking about that, say, like, what kind of revelations are going to come out of that conversation?
1: I just, when you just said on their arms, okay, when they were saying oracles, I was thinking of the whites that like run the duel. But no, the oracles. Yeah, the, the little scorpion things. yeah Didn't Virginia want those destroyed?
0: I think she saved some.
1: She said. I told you to destroy all of these when they had one on Lyria's arm. Right. And she like...
0: But they still have some.
1: I'm just saying, does she? (laughs) She said she wanted them all destroyed. Well, it was part of
0: the deal to get uh, Kavik's back, so I'm assuming she did. Sure. Yeah. Great. So, thinking about that conversation... So,
1: he's going to say, did you kill my parents? Yes. And she's going to say no, and then...
0: Do you think that's the only thing that's going to come out of that? Or do you think that there's other revelations that could come to light as a result of that conversation.
1: That he actually enjoyed having sex with his auntie? (laughs) You liked it, didn't you? (laughs) Didn't you?
0: It's just a fun thing to think about, I feel like. (laughs) Uh, Not that. Not them. (laughs) Uh, That was bad timing. The uh, oracle? Yes, it's fun to think about them going back and forth with oracles on their arm, like what that could look like.
1: What what do you think will come out of it?
0: I don't know. I mean, like, what kind of information does Lysander have to reveal to Atalantia? Like, what are the things that she could ask him? I don't know. I think there's a million like things. Octavia's secrets? Or... I think there's a million things that Lysander could ask Atalantia. That would be super interesting. Yeah. A lot of Fear Night stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. But what what the back and forth would look like and like what she would be asking him. I don't know. Cause he doesn't know a lot. It doesn't seem like
1: she could like ask him what's the mind's eye or something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe probably something. Maybe she
0: has it though. I don't know. She could be one of the people that does know it.
1: You think, Uh Oh, then when they go to the duel, he's thinking the (laughs) mind's eye will save him, but then she knows it too. And then where will Darrow be?
0: And then well, I was just gonna add one more thing to Lysander and Atalantia because I just don't think we're gonna get like a big pitched battle between Atalantia's forces and Lysander's forces. You don't. I don't think we're gonna get that. You don't
1: like, think the golds are all gonna kill each other off for us?
0: They might there might be some of that going on. And, what
1: about the the eat me?
0: And yeah. Adelantia could ask about I do think that it could come into play too where <laughs> What's it's like called eyed me. Hide me, yeah.
1: I've convinced myself it was called Eat Me. We
0: decided we were going to call it Eat Me, okay. so it's fine.
1: Just sticking to my word.
0: I mean, that could be used on Atalantia's group selectively, maybe. I mean, that I could definitely see that happening I as well. I think you have
1: to pick a color.
0: Red God speculation. Yeah. But, like, can you contain it or will it just, like, completely run like, wild?
1: Yeah, right. I don't think he knows.
0: Yeah. Could, like, if you let it loose on a ship, would it
1: just, like... Stay on the ship. Yeah,
0: I'm assuming it would,
1: unless someone. It's
0: not like a virus can
1: crashes the ship.
0: Survive in space?
1: I don't know. I'm not, right. I'm not up to. Date it's a on vacuum.
0: That. Yeah. So those are just like I think those. I think that's some really good breadcrumbs for like Red God and what we can expect to see there, maybe, That'd or be just cool. like speculate on what we might see there.
1: Or at least somewhere in Red God. Yeah. Yeah. Our bet though is that it's like the first thing that happens.
0: <laughs> that's a little unfair, <laughs> but all right, that's fine.
1: With with Lysander. Yes. And then, okay, breadcrumbs for Darrow.
0: Yes. And then uh, at the end of Mustang's conversation with Darrow, she says she's like sending him an information packet about their enemies and then in it is a set of coordinates. When you return, all Republic vessels not under Mars shields will rally to those coordinates with whatever ships you bring back. I see so a rally yes we're gonna have daryl going to wherever that is there may be some forces there already waiting for him there may be some is it joining up at some point just kidding like who could those people could rona have like busted out of mercury and have it be on a ship back there Uh, I'm just trying to think of people who, who could all be involved there. People who we know. Yeah.
1: Is it Abominadrius?
0: <laughs> I mean, there could be some Vox Poppy life forces over there, maybe. That'd be bizarre. That would be bizarre, yeah.
1: I don't think Severo would like that very much. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> but who would he be meeting up there? And then, like, it seems like that group is then going to get together and then launch an attack on... The fleets around Mars or Phobos or whatever, mm-hmm. depending on what the status of the Colts is at that point. So, I think those are are definitely where for starting points where we'll be at at, Red, at the start of Red God. Maybe.
1: Do you have insider information?
0: Absolutely not. I am just really fucking smart. <laughs> no,
1: I'm <just> you, <laughs> as you sound like Lysander, <laughs> and they liked it, and they all liked
0: it. Uh, all right, that was our prime five. Uh, now it's time to name our primus of the week where we choose one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest our primus of the week is
1: Mustang yeah. oh,
0: we had to give it to Mustang
1: that bitch Lysander who got, poison, I mean, yeah, he got like poisoned like a pixie
0: we could have given it to Roan for poisoning Lysander uh, <laughs> let's
1: do that honorary <laughs> yeah. primus
0: we appreciate the effort <laughs> the effort <laughs> Although
1: you didn't poison him enough, clearly. <laughs> uh, but yes, Mustang, she successfully negotiates a ceasefire. There's mm-hmm. a lot of S sounds. <laughs> she saves a ton of lives. She values lives. That's mm-hmm. good. She's helping Lysander set up to fight the other golds while she yes, protects they're tr- Mars. They're trying to
0: sow some discord in all of the gold ranks there and make them fight among each other yes because atalanta is ultimately the scarier opponent definitely at this point
1: point. and then she makes the hardest choice which is don't come home husband yes keep sailing
0: very unselfish
1: yes hard choice for very her. hard choice so but the smart choice
0: and yes the correct smart choice listen to mustang
1: well, everyone listen to mustang as
0: we've been saying for a long time
1: Do we have any uh, emails or voicemails?
0: We do. We'll start with uh, Cassie P. today. Cassie P. tidbits.
3: Hello, howlers. It's Cassie here with a few tidbits for you this week. And before I get started, I just wanted to hang one more ornament on the tree that's in um, Ben's conspiracy corner. Even if he doesn't want to light up the tree anymore... I just wanted to, I just got one more, one more thought. So the thought is, what if, what if Mustang is not Holiday's target? So she's there causing some trouble, but also just doing her part, staying in in her role. And there's some other thing that she's meant to do. That's it. That's all for contributing to that corner. Alright, so tidbits, let's talk mythology part 2, the odyssey. So in this part of the book, Mustang describes Darrow, the one that she sees on Cam, as an exhausted, bearded survivor stumbling home. I think that's a pretty good analogy or parallel to Odysseus. We all know how much Pierce loves the Odyssey and the Iliad. Odysseus comes home disguised as a beggar, looking all haggard. So this is, this is spot on. And on top of that, Mustang makes a pretty decent Penelope. This is Odysseus' wife who holds out hope that her husband is not dead, who fends off would-be suitors and protects the home front, who rides for only one man. And that would make Pax Telemachus, the son of Odysseus who matures into a skilled, wily man. And in this case, the Pax with three identities, as, as Aaron describes him and then there's also a family dog Argos who dies upon seeing Odysseus one last time after two decades separation recognizes him even uh, as he was in disguise and my first thought just for shits and giggles went to the grave puppy as Argos in this analogy but but here's another thought could it be Cassius who dies in a relatively short time after ending a decade-long separation from his Odysseus. I mean, I wouldn't say no right now to a Drusius fanfic. Anybody? Ow. Darrow, it could be like Darrow, after learning who the bolognas are after the entrance exam to the Institute, accepts a second invitation from Cassius to go to a pro club in Aegea. And to his surprise, it's actually fun. But he's still nervous, and he doesn't really want to mix too much. This just comes off as hard to get to Cassius. And Cassius finds this demeanor intriguing and makes a move. Because who denies Cassius Albalona? Darrow's red instinct, first instinct, is to reject the advances out of hand. Because reds don't do this kind of stuff. But he's not supposed to be a red and he wouldn't want to be any more off-color now, would he? Anyways, that I promise that segment's into the next tidbit. Red Rising Romance. Pierce, as brilliant as he is, has never come off as a romance writer, even during the romantic snippets in this series. I just never felt it. Like, in Iron Gold, I know Dido and Romulus had this incredible exchange, right? But it didn't hit me, I didn't feel it. Now that I think about it, I blame Lysander's narrator. <laughs> Lysander just ruins everything. Fuck him. Anyways, when Mustang and Daryl finally got to FaceTime in chapter 34, I felt that connection. Mustangs whispered, Low Reaper, made my heart clench, like I was reading Merrill Wilsner or Alexandra Bellafleur or something. In my head, I also heard this dialogue between a Darrow and a Mustang who were aware they're book characters. Darrow No, Virginia, I'm only four days away. That's like one chapter, two max. Virginia Darrow, I want nothing more than for you to be home. But you can't come home. Not until the next book. Or maybe book eight. So that's it for tidbits this week. Thanks for having me. Love y'all. It lupus, motherfucker. Oh!
1: Thanks, Cassie P.
0: We felt the love, too, Cassie, between Darrow and us. And book say. eight
1: sounds great. <laughs> Keep it going.
0: <laughs> great, great points. Great points. Loved all of those call-outs on uh, the Odyssey. Yes. And I'm, I'm in for Cassius being Darrow's dog.
1: <laughs> He's his dog. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it works out.
0: Appreciate you, Cassie P. Keep the tidbits coming. Let's move on to uh, our next voicemail.
3: Hello, Howlers. This is Frankie
0: up in Minnesota. Uh, just calling to say I love your guys' show. Uh, it really makes my car rides a lot better. I'm in the car right now. Really wish I was rather on a hover bike, but Pax is on it. He's making me a new one. Uh, just calling because my wife just got pregnant, and I'm trying to sneakily get her to name our child after a Red Rising character. Sadly, the only one she's liked so far is Atlas, which is scary. But you know, maybe my kid will grow up to be a badass superhero type thing. Who knows? Let me know some of your ideas. Uh, I'm really hoping she'll pick Daxo in the end. Thanks. Oh,
1: Frankie. Frankie. Okay, Atlas could be a cartographer. <laughs> do people? Yeah, use, it doesn't have to be a bad guy. Do people use atlases anymore?
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: When uh, John and I got married, my aunt and uncle gave me an atlas with like a set of pens. To, like, mark all of our road trips together. Wow. And it's, like, big as fuck. (laughs) Full-size map. This is 1967. I I was like, do you realize that I cannot use a map? I would get lost. I need my GPS.
0: That's hilarious. I mean, Atlas doesn't always have to be a bad guy. He also held up the entire world, I believe, in Greek in mythology. But when,
1: when you said Think of a Name, before you said Daxo, I was thinking
0: Daxo. is a good one. I like that one a lot.
1: We don't know your last name, so it's hard to know. I feel
0: like Pax is a good one, too.
1: Pax is good depending on your, like, we need to know, like, how it flows. I feel like Pax is last...
0: gender neutral as well. You could go either way with that one.
1: <sighs> Who else? Sophocles. <laughs> Do we know that it's a boy?
0: No, I don't know. Oh, I don't think Frankie did not say.
1: Because she just got pregnant. Yeah. The way Frankie said that, I was like, are you the father? <laughs> she got fucking knocked up, bro. Because Electra, mm. she could mm-hmm. fix the hatchet face <laughs> stigma there. What was Victor? Ephraim's not bad. Fake kid. Ephraim, sure. It sounds like biblical. <laughs>
0: it does. It is a little biblical.
1: Yeah. Hey, someone send in your ideas.
0: Yeah. Let's all name or, Frankie's kid together.
1: Yeah. Frankie, whatever the poll is, you have to <laughs> yeah. do it. I wonder if there's a way to like combine different names.
0: For a middle name, I'm thinking Howlerpod.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ben and Aaron, yeah, (laughs) Daxa Ben and Aaron, Daxo Ben and Aaron (laughs) Johnson. (laughs) Also, a beautiful name for a girl is Virginia.
0: It is, it is. So, lots of options there. We'll we'll continue to. You can shorten it to Gina. Anybody else that you is, if you write in for the rest of the uh, Lightbringer episodes or call in, you have to also
1: name Frankie's kid.
0: Name Frankie's child. That's a new thing. That, it's
1: a new segment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. We've got one email. last email here from Daniel.
1: Hey Daniel, what's up?
0: Daniel was impressed with my voice acting. Thank you, Daniel. Yes. I was surprised at the lack of people he making it. He
1: said it wasn't that bad. That's what <laughs> I'm reading. I also I saw it up. as
0: impressed. I saw it as impressed. Okay, okay. I was surprised with how many people didn't call in, you know, complaining about my voice acting. So I was happy about that.
1: Or uh, praising it. Well, we're I glad mean, to have Nick back. I
0: think people were praising it to themselves. They probably just didn't share it. Sure. You know.
1: Yeah, they forgot.
0: Do you Do you want to keep going?
1: Sure. So Daniel says the look that Kyber and the rest of the thirteen gave each other to me was predators sizing each other up. Reminds me of the scene when Diomedes is showing the rim isn't to be pushed around on the Anihilo. I'm not against the psyche theory with Kyber, but I think it would just be her being the best of Grey. Look at Holiday and Rhone. Yeah, she's just like a badass Grey. Greys really are the backbone of this entire society.
0: And then Daniel's got a friend that's reading through the series. Couple friends, I believe. Lightbringer. Uh, They're on Dark Age, I think. Yeah, he's been
1: keeping us up to date.
0: Keeping us informed of their journey, trying to get them through Lightbringer. So once they get here, hi, friend. Start listening to HowlerPod.
1: And then Daniel also thought Loki was a bittersweet ending. So Mm. you guys should watch it. It Sounds good. I was thinking about it. Like, I don't want to recommend something that I don't love. It wasn't like my favorite thing in the world. It was... A lot of episodes were like campy, mm-hmm. like silly, mm-hmm. but like I still, it's like a warm blanket. There's nothing
0: wrong with camp. I like yeah. A camp for it's not like
1: time. blow your mind good. I mean, the last episode was very epic, but mm-hmm. the whole season's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Thank you, Daniel. Yes. What, were there any other. I think that's it for bits this week. For the pod. Yep. All right.
0: You know what it's time for?
1: What are we into this week?
0: Aaron, what are you into?
1: I've been, I've always loved HGTV. Okay. And I've been really into fixer upper the hotel. So fixer upper it's chip and Joanna Gaines. They have the Magnolia empire right? and the hotel is their big biggest project yet. And they're renovating this. Let me guess. It's a hotel. It's a historic hotel. Oh, and i forgot what year but 1890 or something wow they have a like beautiful library which is magical i would like to go see that they bought a bookstore just to fill up the library in the hotel wow like a defunct out of business bookstore and there were like three thousand or i don't know how many three hundred thousand a fuck ton of books yeah books books (laughs) (laughs) a ton of books inside i just transported out of my body <laughs> but it's i love joanna's style and they're just so cute together he's he's like campy every time chip dad, comes on screen there's like humor. funny music yeah like doo, 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 <laughs> Chip's on screen, but it's it's on hbo max and it's week by week so i think i have like one or two more episodes nice. the guests are about to arrive Got to get this shit put in order.
0: Timeline. Crunch.
1: What are you into this week?
0: I am into uh, some new music that I listen to. So it's the holidays, right? Holidays. Whatever holidays you celebrate are great. Happy holidays. We celebrate Christmas. Howler days. Oh. And so. We celebrate
1: howler days.
0: I've been listening to, yes, howler days. I get it. (laughs) Howler days. I've been listening to Christmas music like a lot. Uh, amanda my girlfriend she loves christmas music it's been on constantly
1: do so you like, like the classics or are you listening to like ariana grande's
0: both okay she's very modern i'm very classic
1: like with voice or just instrumental
0: well with voice yeah
1: i like like instrumental christmas
0: listen, music. i've been listening to lo-fi christmas a lot oh
1: yeah listen. chill lo-fi beats that's my <laughs> jam
0: <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I found, but I was looking for new Christmas albums to listen to because I wanted some new Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And then I found this recent album. It came out in 2020. It's called A Joyful Sound by Kelly Finnegan. A okay. Joyful Sound. And it is a fucking banger Christmas record. <laughs> I mean, it is like, it's neo-classic Christmas music. So it's just like new twist on old style, like soul Christmas music. Great. And it's just super well done. All new songs, like not covers of Christmas music. This is like original new Christmas songs. And I mean, it's fucking legit. It's like, it's going to get spun every year at my house from now on. You Uh, bought it on record? Not yet, but I'm going to, uh, you're spinning it. Yeah. And I would highly recommend it. So if you're looking for some Christmas music this week, check out a joyful sound by Kelly Finnegan. It's fucking good
1: fucking slap <laughs> yeah, that christmas music
0: i'm telling you like it's actually like holiday spirit good new classics
1: okay i'll be the judge it's I'll good stuff it out.
0: it's good stuff all right what's coming up next week on howler pod
1: we are starting well we're taking a break for it's two holidays. weeks two weeks uh part three chapters 37 to 42 and back on january 5th
0: happy howler days
1: Happy holiday T Nakamura Days. (laughs) You're going to laugh in my face if she ever does anything shady. Okay, Howlers, special thanks to Miles. We missed him being here this week. So much
0: fun last Uh, week.
1: We love Miles. Follow him at M. Bensky Designs. He does our episode art every week. As well as other art. A special thanks to Nick for the amazing voice work.
2: A very Merry Christmas to all HowlerPod listeners. Omnis ver lupus.
1: Subscribe to the YouTube. Like the videos. Share them. Follow us on Instagram, X, Facebook, Etsy, at HowlerPod. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 1-800-516-1540.
0: Still looking for a video voicemail.
1: Still looking for... It could even be a short one. And Just don't say forget, hey.
0: Yes. And don't forget to name Frankie's Child.
1: Then our new segment. Call in and <laughs> tell us why we should name Frankie's Child. <laughs> we don't know the sex. <laughs> or the last name. <laughs> tell a friend about the books and rate and review us. Five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we won't wake you up from the lament.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Alars.
1: sphere Lupus. Oh! <laughs>